everybody, welcome back to Save It In Secret, the micro-podcast series about my thesis research experiences in Zambia. The series starts with three short episodes about three key moments in my research. I follow generally the same structure, whereby I start with a description of the situation and the context in which the key moment took place. Then I will share with you how it steered my research and how it eventually steered me in my personal development. Today, we look into the second key moment, when I learn more about the personal life of my interpreter and co-researcher, Tandiwe. As I narrated in the last episode, the interviewing team consisted of two employees of my internship organization and of two women. One is well, me, and the other is a young woman, 26-year-old, and graduated secondary school teacher looking at that time for work. She, in the past, worked in the school next to the community center where I was staying. But at the moment of my research, she was sadly, for her, good for me, out of work. Chandiwa and I conducted the women's group's interviews, whereby she did all the questioning and the discussion with the other women, and I made sure that the recordings were done well. Something very important, as I had learned earlier on. Um, um, yeah, okay, we'll try to forget about that. So, our work was as follows. After the five group interviews were conducted and the 12 individual ones as well in that first week, we set off to translate it all. In total, there was about eight or nine hours of plain audio recording, spoken in deep Chewa. With deep Chewa, I mean the rural, non-anglicized Chichewa. It took us about two to three weeks, with workdays of about eight hours, to translate it all. Tandiwa was doing the real work, as she was translating and I was typing out her translations. The internship organization paid her a salary because her work was so vital for my research. Later on, we did two more group interviews and we also translated the pilot session, so I paid her extra for the extra work. It felt only right, because she was doing so much for me. For the transcribing, I used a program called ELAM. This program allows you to segment your audio file into, well, you may have guessed, segments. In these segments you can write, so you can actually type the translation at the exact place in the audio file where it's being said. I would make these Elon files, and when I had one finished, Tandiwe and I could work together on filling in those translations in the segments. We had a lot of discussions, questions, and also fun with the work. It was quite hard for Tandiwe because of the deep chewa and the, sadly, at times barely audible participants. And then, then came the day that we were finished with the focus group discussions from the villages. The work was quite monotone, so we were happy to be done. But then, during a meeting in the community center, I was offered the opportunity to conduct two more focus group discussions at the center, one male group and one female group. I made a new interview guide based on the answers from the translated interviews, some questions from the interview guides from the last sessions, and also questions that just popped into my head. I rushed on Diwe to translate the questions into Chichewa again. Yes, I know, I said I was going to conduct the interviews myself, but in the group setting it was not yet possible. I know. And now I can finally get to the point of this podcast. While I was segmenting the male discussion group from Tico, which, by the way, Tandiwa did not lead, but a good friend of mine from the center itself, I found out that one of the participants was Tandiwa's old man. 
She did not live with him and his second wife, as she lived with her sister-in-law, or niece, or sister, or all, or, or not. I lost track of all the relatives, I'm sorry. Tandiwa is dead. Mr. Nyarinda shared a very personal story about his experiences with his first wife and later with his second wife. I found out that Tandiwa's mother, so Mr. Nyarinda's first wife, had passed away when Tandiwa was younger. And by the affection in Mr. Nyarinda's story, I could tell what a wonderful person she must have been, and I could definitely find some of these good traits in Tandiwa as well. I could fill in the segment of this part of the audio by myself, because it was spoken in English. When we were arriving at our, in our translation train, at this part of the file that I had already filled in, I asked her if she wanted to skip the whole section, because it might be difficult for her to talk and hear about her deceased mother while we were still working. She wanted to listen to it anyway, to make sure that I had the words right, and because she also liked to hear from her father about her mother. We spent the rest of the afternoon talking about her parents, the past and the future. It was very nice to hear more about Tandiwa herself, because we spent so much time together, but only with a professional state of mind. The following audio fragment is exactly that part taken from the group interview at Tiko and Dan, in which Mr. Nyorinda talks about his first wife. In the name of the personal experience, mm -hmm. I had my first wife. Mm -hmm. My first wife, whatever man, in fact, she was the one going to the bank. I was not going to the bank myself. She was the one receiving the money. Now, what she was doing was that uh, whatever we had budgeted, she made sure that she gave me pocket money. I was a chain smoker, but I've never taken beer in my life since I was born, unless maybe when I was a toddler. But in my growth, in my experience, I never smoked. I, I never drank beer, but I was a chain smoker. She would give me money for my cigarette. That is the life we lived, we lived with the late wife. When I stopped smoking, she made sure that whatever money she received, on, my, on our behalf as a family, she gave me money, pocket money, to move with. So there was no need for me to hide anything. But my second experience now, the wife I have, is if I give her whatever money I say, this is what I've gotten. Once she has touched it, she will never release the weight. <laughs> This moment stirred my research in the same way as it stirred me in my development. This story touched me personally because it provided an empowering perspective from a woman who trusted her husband and who wanted the best for him, something that I did not come across a lot in the translations. It stirred my research in the sense that I had a closer bond with my interpreter and my co-researcher. This contributed to the interest I had in my own research because it suddenly became a topic that I could actually understand more closely. It also showed me that there is individuality in the bigger group setting. 
Even though we are all influenced by the same social norms, we can deal with them in our own ways. Tandiwe's mother decided to see money as a positive thing, very unlike the second wife of Mr. Nyarinda. This brings us then at the end of the second episode. I would like to, again, thank Tandiwe for being such a big part of my team and helping me in so many ways. I would also like to thank Mr. Nyarinda for his astonishing openness and the trust he confided in me with all his personal stories. Personal contributions make research real. In the following episode, I will dive into the interviews that I actually did conduct myself. Thanks for listening and until next time.